PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Episode four, three, two, blast off, premature, One, zero. This is a premature blast off <laughs> episode, guys. <laughs> do you premature blast off? Will hit us up at Cinema Crespity, so we'll help you out in conjunction with Ron's <clears throat> orgasm pills. We will hit you with the uh, the splooge stopper. Hit us up today. One eight 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 Crespo Diso stops the splooge, and we'll send you our splooge stopping pills. In which they will prevent your future premature blastoffs. <laughs> Are you trying to get to one? We can get you to one. Four, three, two, it is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 432 of That's a weird intro. That was, that was uh, Drew Sakagwin, how you doing? Your mind goes to weird places, Chris. I mean, I, <laughs> once I hit record, I don't know. It's, it's, That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just letting you know. Recorded Weird places. Podcasting strange. Guys, we're doing this thing. Yeah, we were just talking about Arabic numbers before and how we need to get rid of them. I'm not into Sharia law. <laughs> so what are we going to count with then? We're, we're getting rid of Arabic numbers. The, the numbers we use are Arabic numbers. We're banning. Zero through nine. We're They're banning, Arabic. No. Gone. Damn it. They're gone. We are banning all incoming travelers from Agrabah. No more. Okay. <laughs> no more from Agrabah. No more people from Agrabah. Okay, so uh, we're going to have to tell... What? Are we, are we anti-Blue Genie? Is that what's going on? <laughs> Don't you get me started on the, on the Blue Genies. Let me tell you about the Blue Genies, people. These be- and, and talking and talking parrots. Teaser for the second half. We will have a uh, a segment specifically for about how SJWs are ruining the world. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> we, that is... Uh, we'll be doing part, it's in there? It, yeah, that's, that's, that's a All second right. half tease. Okay. We've got a lot to talk about, guys. Um... In addition to our newfound stances against Agrabah and Amric <laughs> numerals, we will be talking about new movies. I did actually go see to the theater this weekend for a movie, Drew. I'm jealous. In addition to the Florida Film Festival. I, I wanted to be vaxxed so I could have gone with you. Sure. Well, you'll be there soon. Uh, in a month or so. Two months, maybe. I mean, when, yeah, I consider the, gest, gest, the gestation period and all that. Um Ben Wheatley made a pandemic thriller while everyone was locked down in the UK, and he... Just put it out, and it's called In the Earth. And here's my spoiler-free review. Pretty spoiler-free. Uh, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's Ben Wheatley. It's a ben, so it's a it's e- a very Ben even, Wheatley movie. I mean, like it's very Ben Wheatley. I saw Rebecca, and even though I didn't 
really dig the story or mm-hmm. what was going on in the movie. Gorgeous. Like it, it was, it was beautiful and everybody acted well and it was still directed by fucking Ben Wheatley. Yeah, so. it, it had, that one had flourishes of Ben Wheatley. This is distilled Wheatley. This is uh like the stuff that you think of earlier days, like sightseers, kill this, uh, the no. the down and dirty. Here's just a crazy story with a weird people acting weird and having their own internal logic. He does that. Did you ever see, were you there when we watched um, a field in England? Yes. And so that's, uh, what, that was like Crusaders who were yeah. just like lost or separated uh-huh. and just going crazy. Yeah. It was bonkers. So this movie is like halfway between one of his more like like a free fall, free fire high mm-hmm. ri- high rise gets a little weird. F- high rise is so much fun, but it's also based on a book. Yeah, free fire is pretty straightforward. Yeah, a field in England is weird as hell. It ends with a crazy editing montage that's oh. like seizure inducing. Yeah. This is right in the middle of those. It has a pretty straightforward story for the most part. That uh. Starts as a pandemic thriller and then starts getting a little more uh, supernatural, like, oh, the wood demon or the woods god or whatever, that type of thing. Um, But it really is just, like, about a handful of people in the woods coming across other people and, like, who can you trust, who can't you trust, uh, that type of thing. And... But towards the end of the movie, and I was expecting this. I was like, I bet you this is going to happen. By the end of the movie, it was, like, weird editing, crazy. Actually, the movie starts with a huge... Flash card, not a flash, but a huge uh, title card. It says, "Be warned." Uh, this movie includes flashing sequences yeah. that could trigger. And I was like, "Mother, <laughs> you're doing it!" And like, damn it, <laughs> God damn it, fine. And yeah, sure enough, that there's yeah. a, an intense amount of um, very sharp blinking lights, and also accompanied by some very specific sound design okay. that emphasizes what's no. happening and it could be disorienting yeah, I, was like, sure. I was like this, this, it's an uncomfortable wa- like a physically uncomfortable yeah. watch mm-hmm. at times um, well, I, I'm pretty sure that's the point that was the point though and I'm like I get it but I'm mean, just trying, <laughs> trying to watch a movie <laughs> and other times in this movie, it's kind of hard to watch. Not in terms of just flashing lights that are like programming you and making you into some sort of like robot. I don't know what's uh-huh. going on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I mean as long as I get my free 5G yeah, I'm still waiting for that, the thing to kick in, man. I don't know. I gotta hit up. Is that the J and J screwed that up too? It's yeah. giving people blood clots, and my 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 Wi-Fi isn't any better. Yeah. So I gotta. I'm just gonna go get the other shots. I'm just gonna get all the shots. Let's get them all. Why don't we just get all the shots? Man, let's get all the vaccines. Yeah, get all the vaccines, and it's like I mean, I've got all collecting the, all the Infinity Stones. I, I've got all the other vaccines. So right, exactly. Come on, I gotta limit myself to this one version. Yeah. The. Uh, Oh, yeah. The other thing that's hard to watch in this movie is, like, one of the main characters goes through... I'm gonna, This is a trigger warning for people. Goes through a, a decent amount of... Um, you can almost call it body horror in, okay. in terms of, like, just being out in the woods and getting injuries. And like, oh, that's not, not good. No. And then, like... <laughs> Now I have to walk around with this injury. You're like, uh-huh. oh, and then like here's a close-up of... Uh, the injury. So there's several <laughs> close-ups of, like, flesh that's, like, jaggedly cut... Decent amount of like flapping skin, mm-hmm. a lot of like blood pu- pulsing out with the like with a heart with a beat. Yeah. Um, one guy at some point's got like flappy skin on his forehead, and you can see the the, uh-huh. the skull underneath yeah. it. And then he stops, it's like, oh, and the blood just <laughs> starts squirting, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> that's not good, dude. You got <laughs> during a pandemic too. It's like it's not, it's bad. There's a oh man, and now I'm thinking of some stuff. I don't, I'm not gonna say exactly what, but there's like some. Uh, Intense um, foot violence. <laughs> <laughs> foot violence. Oh, Fun. my God. 
No, it's bad. So there are times when I'm watching this, I'm like, oh my god, this is bad. I will say, especially not... I could compare this to a couple of movies, which would, for people in the know, would completely give away the end. Yeah, don't. So I'm not going to do that! Yeah, don't. But I will say... I, I still want to watch this fucking weird-ass movie. I will say, when it did get to the ending, and the ending happened, I was like worth it <laughs> so okay no you suck the landing i was like i don't know but then you, i think i feel like you stuck the landing and I'm, I'm happy with where it ended um so it's an interesting movie but yeah. for, for real real trigger warnings for for flashing light like that, that that's not a joke no. um for the seizure stuff epilepsy you may even if you don't have it it may even give you epilepsy. i don't know how cool. epilepsy works because <laughs> and um and then the violence is really like whoa yeah. it's just oh Ooh, and then the camera's like, you know what? Here's a here's, here's some more of it. Did yeah. you did you miss what was happening? Here's a <laughs> no, come on, guys. So there we go. That's what I saw in theaters. Happy to be back in theaters, even to see something as disorienting as in the earth. Um, let's talk about the movies from the Florida Film Festival. Okay, I've already talked about what did I talk about last week? Cultivating the wild, the documentary, and then the horror film, The Old Ways. Reviewed that last week. This week, I have one, two, three, four movies to talk about. And we watched one of them together. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and talk about Mogul. Mogli. Mogli. Riz Ahmed. R- Riz Ahmed doing the Eminem thing for all intents and purposes. It's eight eight kilometer. Yeah. yeah. How many how, <laughs> how many kilometers is eight miles? <laughs> I don't, same what, thing. What's a conversion? Yeah. It's yeah. a eight nineteen point two kilometers yeah. this movie. But, but but instead of like adversity and this, that, the other, like it's it's kinda like uh the sound of metal. Yes. Where it's more of a, a physical ailment. Yeah, a personal battle of health derailing what could be um, the final break, the final chance for a break of a career. And yeah. so it's like an artist. There's a lot going on in this movie. Oh, there is. There's like an artist. There's the artist struggle. He's struggling. And he's at a point where he's like, is this it? Is this my last chance? Yeah. I'm going bald. Is this my last chance? <laughs> they, they don't mention it, but you see yeah, it. You see it. Yeah. It's like, oh, Riz Ahmed, buddy. I mean, they do like hair replacement stuff now. They he can. can, he can afford I'm sure he can. Come on, Riz. Um, there's Orzana. Are we bald shaming? Should we just like let the hair do its thing? And you know, I mean, I'm not bald shaming. Well, I, we, we, we kind of were though when we saw that. We're like, I'm oh, just, Riz. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, it's it, it sucks when it happens when you're that young. Yeah, he's only 38. Yeah, yeah, he's our age. I was actually thought maybe he could have been younger. Wasn't sure. Anyway, there's that whole story, and then he's uh. Indian of Indian heritage, Pakistani, living in I'm London. I'm sure barely across the border. <laughs> yeah, right. That's all. Yeah. Borders. Borders are stupid. Exactly. So, um, and they don't explain it, but I'm sure if we knew the history, we would know. I, is, well, yeah, I'm is, sure. Is it, is it, were, I'm were his, sure it was some sort of religious persecution. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Was his family run out because they were uh, Muslim? Yeah, I, so I'm like, sure they were. They were Indian. You know, they they were close enough to Pakistan to where. The Muslim influence was there, but they lived on the Indian side of that stupid line that someone drew in the fucking yeah, map. Yeah. So, you know, the, what, the Hindus? Probably, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. The, at some point in time, there were probably militant Hindus. There was some sort of, you know, maybe fucking... Maybe Sikh, maybe Sikhs over there? The uh, Indian Inquis- Inquisition. They're, they're, they're <laughs> no one expects the Indian Inquisition. Why do, why do almost all religions do that? Why? Because it's... Buddhists don't do that. I mean, maybe they did. And Quakers are cool. Oh, we just don't know the secret history are of Quakers. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, Quakers are all about sitting in a field quietly, waiting for God to speak to you. Uh-huh. And also not evangelizing. Evangel- no proselytizing. <laughs> proselytizing was easier to say yeah. for some reason. There's a Y and a Z in there. Um, 
Yeah, why? Why is it all so wonky? Yeah, know. yeah, why? Because my God's better than your God, and I will show you with blood. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Um, there's also, the, so there's his identity issues. Where is yeah. he from? It's very, it's very explicit. Yeah. Right, that well, yeah, thing, yeah. too. It's a very huge part of the movie. What is my identity? Because actually, the movie opens in New York. Well, yeah, well, right? I mean, so he's he's even that further separated from I mean, his family. He's I mean, I get in it. it in in this world, you know, this global thing that we live in now, yeah. where you can get across the world in a matter of hours. Yeah, sure. You know, and you can choose to live anywhere mm. for all intents and purposes, as long as you speak the language. Then, yeah. Well, I mean, where where is anybody from? That's true. Um, there's Chloe Zhao, director of Nomadland. She there's a couple articles out there about how. Um, she has sort of been shunned in certain circles back in China because, like, oh, she's totally Americanized. No. She's moved away. Look at what she's doing, blah, blah, And then here in America, they're like, She's what? not American enough. Like, what is this, Chinese <laughs> propaganda? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're distrustful of you. So she's like, I have no, there's no one, no one's got my back. I just saw a short film at the film festival called Searching for Anna Veldford, and it's uh, it was about a woman from the Dominican Republic, I believe, who then moved to America. And the whole thing was about, uh, like, she's an immigrant in America. She'll never not be an immigrant. But back home, they call her, she's considered an absentee is the word she was using because she's not home enough. And mm-hmm. and she, she's, like, losing those customs. So then she feels like, well, now I have no home because I'm, I'm stuck between worlds no matter what I do at this point. Uh, you know, it's crazy how it's like, well, like, it's it's shitty. Yeah. We, we go our whole lives being like, what is our identity? Who are we? What is our purpose? And then we die. It's, uh, it's, and if we're it's, lucky, it's we get the to be great, old. It's the greatest joke of all time. It is. I mean, <laughs> the comedian, hashtag the comedian was right. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's all it's all a joke. It's all a joke. God help us. Uh, no God. No God? Oh. Which one's the bigger joke? <laughs> God, God or no God? That's a, that's, a, that's a question. Philosophical debate. Which one's Which the one? bigger joke? Which seems more absurd at this point, that there I mean, is a guy I mean, that allows all this shit to happen? I, I guess it comes from your point. I mean, they're both equally shitty and equally hilarious, but I guess it just comes from your viewpoint. Mm, of what you want out of the world, out of life, or what yeah. you cling to. I cling to the idea that there is a God that makes all this worth it, and then you die, and there is no God. Joke's on you. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, I live in a world where this is all nonsense. It's it's all coincidence. We're random things that we just sprung up to life. We're walking electrified meat sacks, and then we die. And God is like, you, you, you're going to hell, bro. And you're like, <laughs> joke's on me. <laughs> so, so it's all about perspective. Yeah. So the cosmic comedy is re- cosmic comedy is relative. Is that today the, yes. the moral today's lesson? Yes. Separate from everything else. Yes. Cosmic comedy is relative. Uh-huh. Okay, guys, just just take that to your graves and uh, ponder it in the infinite blackness. That is that, that is oblivion. And you want the cosmic comedy, the infinite blackness of oblivion for Drew? That brings them relief. Oh, I can't wait. The idea of that for, for me, so much anxiety. So much, like it just goes away. It's over. There is there, there's nothing. It that, doesn't matter. You, your electrified meat sack yeah. has ceased to produce electricity. But then, therefore, your meat sack. And then there's just nothing. Oh, that sounds terrible. You don't know. There is no terrible. There is. It doesn't. It's. It's over. There is no good, bad. It's just it, it, it is non-existent because you are non-existent. Which is brings me so much <laughs> stress. <laughs> the idea See, of that. <laughs> yeah, for for me that is like the ultimate relief. Oh man, no, it's it's too much relief. 
It's too much relief. In order to enjoy sleep, I also have to experience wakefulness. Well, yeah. So go out and fucking do something. I, I'm trying. <laughs> God, there's a pandemic. <laughs> Life is hard, and then we die, and it's a joke. Yeah, I mean that's pretty. Mu- that's pretty much sums it up. Yeah, that sums it up. That's where uh, this character's at. He's like, <laughs> I mean, he's. I mean, that is. He's the same age as us. Yeah. As us, and I think he's playing that age in the movie. He's. Yeah, because there's some timeline stuff where he's listening to cassettes of his and their label, like, 96. And he's supposed to be, I guess, in high school, maybe 15, 14, 13 at that time. There, it's like, yeah, why we're doing, we work so hard, we even try to get to a bullshit level. And then, is this it for us? And then you have to consider, what am I going to do? And then something else comes and, and sideswipes you and, and becomes the dominant thing. And you're like, no, man, what about the tour? I got to go on tour. <laughs> I got a tour next week, bro. What about my tour I got to go on? It's not happening. Like, yeah. It's not happening. I got to go on this tour. <laughs> Um, it's an intense movie in terms of the 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 characters and all that stuff, and and the yeah. culture and everything, and the culture and the family life and all of it. It's very very interesting, yeah, and it's that type of thing where it's like the British Pakistani yeah. experience, but then it's also just like a family sitting around eating dinner and the siblings are bitching at each other and arguing, and the parents are like, God damn, can we just have a, <laughs> can just have a eat a fucking meal? Damn it! And it's like I know this, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I recognize this fully, even though it's quote different. That's another thing about it. No, I, guess, I guess that's just movies in general. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, good movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, def- definitely good. Definitely, I think people should keep an eye out for it, however. Yeah, or when prob- it comes out. Probably definitely. like Apple will buy it or something. Or I'm sure I'll, somebody will. I wonder if there already is a plan no. for its release. Because the Florida Film Festival, the bigger movies that they get for the festival... Uh, tend to be ones that already have something lined up mm-hmm. or, or else they get things that get a lot of premieres and you know the southeast premiere and shit which is really cool uh, kind of going out on limbs for something so yeah Mogul Mogul we both give it a thumbs up right Def- definitely there we go let me tell you about the other movies I saw first let me get this one out of the way uh, everything I've seen so far I think this is uh, the, the one I, I like the least I have to say so- okay. sorry people but th- this one's called The Catch and it's called it's a, a thriller about a girl who goes back home to her to her parents she hasn't been home in like five years she goes back home to her family they lobster fishermen in, in Maine or Massachusetts or somewhere where they fucking talk like assholes and uh, and it's like a dark has dark thriller vibes type of thing like moody type of shit a lot of low lighting um someone's poaching there's their family's lobster traps so there's a big mystery throughout the whole thing of who's poaching traps um the industry is going under anyway less lobsters to catch more competition on top of that she's like has a shady background and then she hooks up an old boyfriend uh to do a drug deal to make some money and uh Every decision, it's a type of movie where the characters are like, we're going to do a crime. And then every decision they make is the wrong one and things get worse for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's that type of movie. Okay. And it's okay. It's okay. The style's fine. It's like decently made, you know, technically wise. But the story itself, uh, like the pacing and the story didn't match. It, it felt like it either needed more to happen within that slower pace or they needed to pick it up a little bit. Okay. And, uh, Acting was fine and all that. Have have you know? I've never really tried to complain about acting anyway. Who gives a shit? Uh, it's a weird thing where 
they have it going for like say it's a two hour movie I don't know how long it's I forgot two hour movie for an hour and 40 minutes like these are the bad guys these are the bad guys and then at an hour and 40 minutes like switch these are the bad guys like, <laughs> like oh yeah oh I wasn't expecting that mm. and then those are like truly bad guys like oh this is some harsh shit but I don't know it's okay it's hard to do low budge uh, crime thriller yeah that's tough it, it, you'd be surprised how much money you need to pull off something like that um other two feature length movies I saw because I also saw a bunch of short films that were really good uh, I really enjoyed the Florida Shorts Festival was good uh, the International Shorts I think I talked about that last week was was pretty good um, but for the features I saw two documentaries I thought they were both fantastic I highly recommend both these movies everyone including you okay okay and they both have kind of a similar uh, uh, setup almost in a way because one's about the world's biggest Stained glass window. Okay. Making it. Okay. And then one is about the world's greatest domino artist. Okay. So they're both about art okay. on yeah. big scales. Yeah. And then the people doing it like at the top level. Yeah, yeah. And there are I'm sure they are those people are fucking crazy. Um Glass people, some of them, yes. Domino girl? No. Really? Surprisingly normal? Incredibly normal. Interesting. Uh, which one do you hear about first? Stained glass or, or, or dominoes? It doesn't matter. Pick one. No, I, was, I, <laughs> I was hoping you would pick one so that it would help me yeah, uh, no. pick one. Uh-uh. That's oh. not the way this works. Okay, let me sit down. you got to make your own decisions here, bud. Do I have a coin around here? No coin? All right, I'll just go and order it that I wrote them down. Holy Frit is the name of the stained glass documentary. Okay. Frit being the name of um, the ground-up glass that you would put onto uh, the gla- uh, glass glass that you already made and then as you melted down so that it would form like colors within it so uh the movie is about it's a great documentary that is somehow these people were just there at the beginning of the process and here's the next year and a half two years of this whole thing um a church in kentucky was building a mega church like an arena looking mega church and they wanted a 100 foot by 40 foot tall stained glass installation over the stage uh, making it the world's largest stained glass installation by a pretty significant amount. Uh, they did all the research and they came down to three companies uh, who put in bids to do the work. One was in like Rome, one was in the UK or some shit or Germany, and then one was in Los Angeles or out in California. This American company that's like this fucking been around since 1800s, literally five okay. generational family. Yeah. Um, Judson's, Jetson's, something like that. Um, and they were operating out of this like little shitty old building that's like it's so old and everything is old school, but they make beautiful like traditional yeah. stained glass stuff. Uh, so they have this guy on their staff at the time who is a trained artist who's just like suburb grown up, uh, white dude, self-effacing asshole white guy mm-hmm. who's like, man, this guy sucks. But then he jokes about himself like, hey, he, he gets it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, At least he understands he, he sucks. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At one point in the movie, he stops. He's like, am I the problem? <laughs> like, <he's> openly. <laughs> yeah. So it's, he's self-aware enough to not want you to be like, fuck this guy. Like yeah. you're, you actually end up still pulling for him. So, uh, he's an amazing artist. And I think he's the type of guy who is just like, oh, let me just like draw something. And someone's like, holy shit, you're good. Yeah. Someone trained this guy. <laughs> and then he did, went to school and he's a really, really great artist. And, um, he's working for these people where he like does the art, the painting, and then they transfer that over to bigger pieces and they make the glass. So he, he sort of fell into that profession. And then for the bid, he was the one who came up with the, like, here's the design. We're going to draw it. 
uh, he does the whole process. We're following this guy, and what they came up with was something that couldn't be done. Okay. And like they designed it and they got, they won the bid and then they're like, how do we do this? Right? <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> this is not possible. What we want to do. This is not possible. The big thing being the blending of colors yeah. within glass, uh, because different glass cause co- to colorize glass. You may notice already to make now, you know, okay, well, to make like red glass, green glass, blue glass, they take different chemicals, uh, cadmium, ca- stuff like cadmium, mm-hmm. what's the, the yeah, yeah, minerals and whatnot that have natural pigments, and they take those different elements and they use them in the glasses to make the different colors. So then, when you heat those glasses up and then they cool down, they cool down at different yeah. rates because they have now the different elements in them. So if you try to fuse them together, they cool down at different rates and they break as because mm, okay. yeah. it's not one piece. Yeah. Um, but this guy, this one dude <laughs> whose name is Narcissus, like Guata, Guatagilia, Guatemala, whatever his name is, world renowned abstract artist in glass, he knows how to blend colors. He can do it. He yeah. can do it. He, he knows the secret. They bring him on. He teaches them. The whole movie is about the, them learning the new process uh, and then finally doing it and then making, just following the whole installation mm-hmm. of it. And um, not only is it a fascinating thing, the whole process of making this glass and how they won the bid and working with the church and all this stuff, raising the money for it. It's so fascinating, all of it. Um, but the movie itself is like made really well. Mm-hmm. It, it's got good style. It, it moves good pacing. Um, like just the way they use title cards and uh, they break it up into sections and stuff. The way they have um, the glass broken up into panes, right? And like we're just gonna do a pane at a time. So throughout the movie, it's like one out of one hundred and sixty-seven panes, <laughs> and then they show the whole thing yeah. blacked out with like one pane, and you're like, oh my god, they got all <laughs> of this. And then there's like a countdown clock yeah. under it and all that. Um, it's super, super entertaining, and I was like totally sucked into it mm. I, I thought it was really really good and it's when I watched virtually these documentaries I both watched virtually partially because of just scheduling I mean since it was a virtual option I'm like okay yeah, I why can, not why not I'll, I'll just maximize my time it would have been cool to see it in a theater mm. no because the stained glass and all that is so big yeah it would have been cool to see it sort On of a like a, a larger representation of it um, but holy frit is really good really good the Domino movie. And all those people are kind of crazy in different ways, for sure. Especially, the guy's name is Narcissus. He's yeah. awesome. I love Narcissus. He's cool. Smoking cigars the whole time. Um, at the end of the movie, he's like, I gotta quit. <laughs> things. Um, Lily topples the world. Lily Hevish. In this movie, she's 19, turns 20. It covers a couple years of her life. She is not a, quote, crazy, crazy artist. She is the opposite, where she's like an introverted person who... Like in high school, really doesn't have any close friends or anything. Socially, just you know, socially awkward. We mm-hmm. all know people like that, right? But then at the whole the whole time, she was also like playing with dominoes at home and making bigger and bigger things and using her like amazing mathematical mind uh, and artistic mind. Like both things are just uh, fucking on fire, and she's putting them together to make these really cool things. Um, and then she started putting them on YouTube at the age of like. 11 I think the first video she did without her dad knowing too uh, and she wasn't in any of them for years just videos of the dominoes, the dominoes yeah. and her account was blowing up uh, so by the time she got to like 18 19 it was at like 2 million subscribers oh, wow. and there are other domino artists who have then seen that and when I say artists I mean these are all kids yeah. all of them are kids teenagers maybe early 20s who um, they all started their own channels and do their own things and they have maybe tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of subscribers, but then it cuts back to her. It's like two million, like this is, she's the boss lady, right? Uh, So it's cool watching how 
And you see this in, in the documentary because they follow her for enough time. She's like, you know, introverted, shy and all that. But then when he, she has like work to do to do dominoes, especially when it's bigger stuff and corporate stuff, she's like behind the screen. Like this has to go there. This has to go there. She's walking around with the camera people like we're, we're doing this and that. She's blocking out shots like she's totally in charge. And um, and then her social circle like blows up because of everything. And, and so she just grows as a person It's a very, very satisfying thing to see. Uh, and then on top of that, the domino stuff is awesome yeah there's like they got ways to make dominoes like they collapse upwards yeah and yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. And, and she's like she's inventing moves like reverse domino stuff <laughs> um there's a nice thread of the movie where she wants to um have her own line of dominoes and she's like they have to have a certain level of stickiness and the corners gotta be sharper uh it's fascinating it's really really good highly highly recommend uh lily topples the world which a lot like holy frit it's like really well made. Like it's super well shot. They got a lot of cool stuff. Um, it's uh, like the music is cool and, and uh, just the way it's put together. It's like, I, I, I feel this. This is uh, super, super entertaining the entire time. I was never like, oh, when is this thing going to, when is this going to, like with the catch, I was like, oh, okay, come on. It's, <laughs> you know, just to be fair, I was like, come on, this, yeah. thing, this thing can end anytime now. Um, in the earth, even in the earth, when I was getting all like crazy trippy, I was like, yeah, we can we can shorten this just a bit, let's, just a little bit. Let's get to get back to actual happening <clears throat> stuff. Uh, these documentaries are both great, and I highly highly recommend them. So that's uh, those are the full films I saw in the last week at the Florida Film Festival. We'll have a few more to talk about next week in episode four thirty three uh, because the festival is going through Thursday. So yeah, I have a few go. more few more days to check out a couple more. Uh, Real, real quick. Watched. Um, I'm caught up on Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay, I just started it. You just started like what episode one? Episode one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're still early, early. Mm. Well, because the the finale is what this Friday, I think. I believe so. <coughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Episode so the, six. It's ending. Yeah. So I wanted to. I wanted to. I. I and death because yeah. the the end obviously as always something crazy is going to happen yes. and then the internet's going to explode. Yes. So I need to watch the end live. Well, shit's already started. Episode four and five were very big for sure and you can see where six is going five had a great cameo that i'm not gonna say when i say cameo i don't mean a character necessarily but i mean an actor pops up like oh welcome to the mcu blank (laughs) i'm not gonna say uh but i was thrilled i was like yes i love this person and um and then it's a good character evolution for specifically for for um sam Good for the Falcon. Cool. So it's it's cool to see where it's going, and I'm interested in seeing what they do with John Walker this week. How they end the series with this character. Oh, I will. I, so I think with the show, I think I can say safely, it, it definitely picks up once uh, Baron Zemo shows up. Oh sure, yeah. yeah. Once he shows up, the story really starts. He has a fun up. red mask now. He puts on a mask at one point, but it's not permanent though. I know. I think it was a little purplish too. Yeah, maybe, maybe a bit. Uh, Invincible. I'm caught up on Invincible episode six. I think of nine. They're doing this season. I'm not sure nine or ten. And man, this show is banging. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Like I can't wait for the next episode. I I am in 100. percent I'm really enjoying it. That's all. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. At this one. Watch it. Of course. People be people be watching it. People should be watching. It. All right. What do you got? Uh, I watched Voltron, Fleet of Doom. What is this? 1986. It's uh, They took a season of Voltron and condensed it down into uh, like a hour-long quote-unquote special. Like a TV movie? Yeah. Uh, was it comprehensible? Uh, yes and no. 
Uh, but, but the, the gist of it was, uh, I guess there were two Voltrons at some point in time. Whoa, really? Yeah. Like but, at the same time? Yeah, the Lions, and then there was some other kind of Voltron where like they were all vehicles, but they had to team up against uh, some evil shit. So almost like a, a what was the Devastator? Or Devastator is a bunch of construction vehicles. Yeah, the Transformer. Were, yeah, there were there were two Voltrons. I did not know that. So that was cool. I was a Voltron fan. I yeah. did not know there was a second Voltron. Yeah, it's on Hulu, so you can watch it if you want. Voltron Fleet of Doom. Yes. It's only an hour. Yeah. Like worth it if I if I got if I was. Oh, sorry, Voltron. it was on Stars. Okay, Stars too. Yeah. Like so, it should. I mean, if, if you if, if, if you, I like it, if, if I'm into it, if you if you're into Voltron, watch it because it's. But it's mean, not gonna it's not gonna win any. Yeah, no, it's not gonna blow. No, it's not gonna no. Okay, not no. at all. All right, fair, fair. Also on Amazon Prime, I watched The Gambler from 1974, starring James. Oh, Con. the James Con one. Yes, I I I saw that around the time when um the Mark Wahlberg remake came out. Yeah. I was like, ah, let's see what this original one is. See, I never wanted to watch the Mark Wahlberg one because he looked it's, dumb. It, yeah, it's not. He's not. You don't buy him at all as a as no. a college professor. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. James Con. I barely. More. I I barely. You know, say James Conn's a college professor, but it works. Yeah, barely, barely more. Just yeah. because he seems a little more uh, authoritative yeah. than, than Maki Maki. He's like, you guys know about these honeybees? Uh, did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it, it's, it's a fun uh, movie. I mean, it's 70s and it's James Conn, so yeah. the, it gets a little uh, almost rapey. Hell yeah, it gets sleazy. <laughs> yeah. Super uh, sleazy? Hell yeah. So Dripping in sleaze. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting one to remake, too, when you think about it. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, yeah. Why? Definitely Mark Wahlberg being like, I can act. I'm going to show these guys I can act. No, you can't. Shut up. <laughs> What'd you say to me? You heard me. <laughs> it'll hit you so hard. I know and you then, will. And then they'll pray to you. be like, Jesus Christ, forgive me. I'm so sorry. That's fine. He'll hit, I hate this young man. He'll hit, he'll hit me so hard, I'll sue the fucking shit oh, out of Oh, yeah, him. yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> no, he's got the best lawyers. So like, uh, they'll find a way. They'll find a way to get you to say, uh, turn your lawsuit off. I, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be a couple million dollars. It's that easy. <laughs> Just pay me a couple million. I'm going away. Then he hits you again. Okay, one million. Um, and you watch that on Prime, you said? Yeah. Okay, people. The Gambler on Amazon Prime. Get into some Jimmy Conn. Do a double feature with uh, thief. Rollerball. Ooh, Thief too. Yeah, do a triple feature. Rollerball. Super sleeves. Gambler. <laughs> thief. Yes. A lot of Jimmy Conn. A lot, lot of... He's like... My my hard labor. It's like you enjoying the fruits of my labor. Yeah. It's in your pocket. I gotta watch Thief again. Um, okay, gambling. Okay, good stuff. Yeah, and then Winter talking Winter Soldier episode yeah, one. And then you watch episode yeah. one. All right. Yeah, because they're like 45, 50 minutes each episode, yeah. almost an hour. Okay. Well, there we go. That's the first half of episode four thirty-two. In the second half, we got a bunch of news. There is a comment in the Facebook group, and I'm not sure if we have emails, but I'll check. So we're gonna be right back with the second half. Here we go.
here we go. We're back, guys. It's the show. We're doing it. CinemaCrespediso at gmail.com is our email. CinemaCrespediso on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook group. Twitter's just Crespediso because the whole name doesn't fit. Uh, Patreon.com slash Crespediso. That's the good stuff. We're going to have our Oscars prediction episode coming out on Patreon this week. It's going to be a doozy. Tune in for the accuracy. Sign up today. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Crespediso. So, 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 so. Oh, boy. Let's see where we want to start here. Well, we don't have any emails, so that makes it easier. Cool. So we can just go into our Facebook group where I encourage people to delete their accounts. But if they don't do it, they can leave a comment or question in our comment question thread. And Drusa Coburn will read it. I got this. Cremella gets at us. What up, Cremella? Cremella Big Show. Criminity. With Conan suddenly becoming a hot property in Marvel Comics, mm. how long will it be before we get a new Marvel Conan movie? Oh, do we want a Disney slash Marvel Conan? Will they be willing to make an R-rated Conan? Mm. He's really R-rated in the current Marvel comics. Who would you choose to play Conan if they made a movie? Would they be better off with an unknown actor than going with Jason Momoa-type actor or pro-wrestler? Question mark. And Lord, please don't let The Rock play the part. Um, I think if you don't have Andy Richter, I don't want no Conan shit at all. Okay. Right? I mean... Talk about Conan, right? Different Conan. Different Conan. There's another Conan. C Conan the Barbarian. So he's not Team Conan Barbarian's not Team Coco. No. Well, he maybe. He I don't know. Team, he could be Team Coco. I mean, I, he Co should, Conan O'Brien should play Conan the Barbarian. He, and Marvel's Conan. He, he showed me uh, a picture of uh, apparently a recent comic where he's part of the Savage Avengers. So, mm -hmm. uh, so apparently, wait, wait, Con wait, apparently Conan is no longer out of uh, in some weird fantasy world, space and time. Apparently, he is. In the Marvel Universe somewhere? With Wolverine, Venom, Punisher. And Electra. Electra and Suit Guy. Who's Suit Guy? I don't know. He's probably the guy running the... I don't know who the Suit Guy is. He's probably like Psychic Guy. I haven't, wa I haven't read comic books in a very long time. Let alone the Savage Avengers. Yeah, no. Didn't even know the Savage Avengers happened. Wow. wow. I mean, that's, a, that's an interesting team up. And how do they explain that? Does he transport? I mean, I, dude, I don't know. What's Skimmerian? What's the name of his land? It's not on Earth, is it? Is he from Earth? Is all that stuff on Earth? I mean, in it, the, it in could the be. Old days. I was about to say, it could be, you know, like, I don't know. Before dreams yeah. were. Uh huh. Yeah, stuff like that. Pre flood. Um, I'm, reading, I'm reading a comic book right now. It's all about life before the flood. Before the flood. Yeah. Uh, or there were different animals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Different and animals. Did people were sitting. Weird monsters. And, 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 and then lots of sit. And then God was like, canceled. I don't I don't I haven't gotten to the God saying canceled part yet. You know, not to the God saying canceled. Uh I mean when it comes to cancel culture, you can't be God. Uh, I mean, uh, he yeah, he, he he is the original. Whole cities. Gone. Canceled. <laughs> Sodom canceled. Gamora canceled. Gone. Yeah, he's bad. Um, God OG canceller, and then the rights of movement. Anyways, <laughs> so um, who could play Cone? I think it maybe would be better to go no name. Maybe even just find yourself a bodybuilder, give him li minimal dialogue, crom, a lot of croms, and then surround him with good people, um, with good actors, no named actors. Uh, but then leave the actual. I mean, I I would be. Someone. I mean, random. I would say someone random, but if they could be like the next Jason Momoa, you know, 
Sure, yeah. I mean, give me a big guy who can actually act yeah, or fight. Let you know. Let, let's make an old man Conan. And uh, oh yeah, I'm always on for King Conan. And and, and you can pick anybody yeah. you want to play old Conan. And yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Movie. I mean, still alive, man. King Conan. I would rather have a King Conan movie yeah, with old yeah. Arnold. I was gonna say other, or out of anything. I think Dave Bautista would be a great old Conan. Ooh, Bautista could be a good Conan. He's big. There's something about Conan, I feel like, even in that picture you showed me, where it's a, almost a lankiness to him. Yeah. Um, Schwarzenegger yes. did have a big upper, big chest, big old man titties yeah. back in the day, though. Um, I mean, Schwarzenegger, as, in terms of quality as an actor, especially early in the 80s in the Conan days, he didn't have that, no. any talent. He's got it now. But he had... It though yeah. he was like, I can watch this guy. You know, uh, we can do something with him. John Millius was just like, just give me a pose with the sword, and, and like, all right, we got you, bro. Um, man, that's, that's tough. Because then also, I think that's another thing. Now you're making, you're thinking of a role that movie wise was made iconic by Arnold Schwarzenegger, who himself is like such an individual. Yeah, goddamn Austrian oak, you know, whatever his nickname. I was. mean, it wasn't just some guy. He's I, goddamn Schwarzenegger. I mean, they've made other Conan movies. They're just not. I mean, even the one with Jason Momoa, it wasn't good. Dude, I walked out of that. <laughs> that was the rare walkout because yeah. it was the second of a doubleheader. Yeah. I saw something else. I can't even remember what the first movie was, but then I went into Conan right afterwards, and halfway through it, I was like, man, my ass is killing me. This movie is not worth it. This movie is not worth it. I For sure, there is a 100%... Um, I found there is a correlation, like the chart where it's like X and Y and X yeah. Y chart. There's a correlation between how bad a movie is and how much my butt hurts sitting there to watch mm-hmm. it. And the more, the worse it is, my butt. I can't. I'm, I'm cramping up. <laughs> I can't take this. This is bad. Movie is good. I know it's nothing. I walked out of Conan. That was the last movie I walked out of. Um, man, that's a tough one. And then will they make? They won't make it R-rated. I mean, if they, I mean, if they, they, I don't know if they, they do fo- a Deadpool, if they try to actually fold it in the. I think Deadpool might be their like rare exception because they've seen monetarily mm. what R-rated Deadpool can do. Sure, and it's an easy way. I think at that point it, though, it's more of a it's, branding issue. Well, for for that, I think you 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 make it the uh, you go the Simpsons route, okay. where you let. Where Fox basically let them make fun of Fox for the entirety of their career. Yeah, they had some sort of like contractual. The way the contract was originally done, they were like uh, separate enough from Fox that allowed them to really take those pop no. shots. But yeah, it did work to Fox's benefit to have that in there. It's almost like a, a cover your ass type of thing. Exactly. So mm-hmm. Deadpool could be that for the MCU. Mm-hmm. Fold Conan into that somehow. I mean, that would be weird. Conan! I mean, if they introduce the multiverse, then you can do whatever the fuck you want. Which is what they're doing, Multiverse of Madness. Oh. Yeah, that's happening. So, um, Well, I guess we'll find out pretty soon if what they're going to do, That now that they own it, and they're cranking out comics, apparently. I didn't know about any of that. Um, but that Jason Momoa movie was a bummer. That's because no, they also got the wrong director. I think it was a Marcus Nispel film, and that guy sucks. Well, yeah, and then, you know, and, and then Jason Momoa did Game of Thrones, where he pretty much played Conan anyway. Yeah, so. and the, yeah, he was just like, <laughs> like a, a Conan-type role. And then he was even like, Mar- uh, not Marvel, but a superhero jacked at that point. Yeah, no, and, and it worked fine. Yeah, now you can really throw money at him and make him look like some sort of freak. <laughs> some sort of steroid freak of Rah! nature. And he can play Conan. Um. All right. Well, there we go. We'll see what happens with that. Is that it? Yeah. All right. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate the question, and that's it for that <clears throat> section of the show.
introduction of the show. All right. Let's get into the important stuff, Drusa Cogburn. Social justice warriors are ruining the world. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Cancel culture. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, Blame God. Uh, this getting the, he started the shit. Who? God. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But we're also getting we're getting away from God as a country. That's another problem. We need to be more religious. No. Yep. And uh, and we need to also stop being so sensitive with things that don't bother me. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay. For example. <laughs> um, everyone's all up in arms. Also, under this, if I remember, I'm going to be putting some, like, uh, like, dun-dun-dun-dun, like Bill Maher music no. underneath. Um, everyone's all up in arms about these voting laws uh-huh. going around the country yeah. where you can't, like, give water to people in voting lines. <laughs> or people can bring their own water. and uh, you, you can't give them food. You can't give them food. People can bring their own food. Uh, you can't, uh, they want more, like, ID, mm-hmm. uh, stringent ID laws and stuff. We're, we're just trying to stop all the fraud that's happening. The, the, that was the most fraudulent election in the history of our country. There was no proof of any fraud. That's because mainstream media wants you to think that it's all on the up and up. Because but who, pay, who pays the mainstream media? You guys. The deep state, that's right. The, yeah, the, the, the right-wing Republicans. So, uh... Who more than likely are the deep state. So, because they're the ones saying, not me, not me. No, 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 no. We are, no. He who smells out Delta. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Did you just help me? <laughs> Did you just hit me with the he who smells out Delta rule? Yes. How dare you? <laughs> uh, so, Will Smith and Antoine Fuqua, mm-hmm. Hollywood liberal elites. They. Yeah, probably, I mean, Will Smith, not so much anymore. Liberal elites. He, make, he makes too much money. They. We're, are making a movie called Emancipation, which is okay. uh, will will play a slave ru- who runs away from the, whatever plantation he's uh-huh. on, makes it to uh, free land. Um, they were going to shoot that in Georgia. Ooh, I bet you Georgia had problems with that. Uh, well, well, some people had problems <laughs> with the idea of like shooting an Emancipation, let's free some slaves type movie in, in a state that just passed some uh, wonderful ID laws yeah. that are you know designed to stop all the fraud. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so they're moving. They're officially moving their production out. Of God, I'm, I'm sick of seeing that fucking Georgia Peach logo and everything. Oh, man, I'm so sick of that fucking Georgia Peach. Um. Meanwhile, another sign of why we can't have nice things anymore. Now Hank Azaria has been browbeaten into wanting to apologize to every Indian American for his Making betrayal fun of, of them for 30 years straight? Yes, yes, yes. Um, now, when the problem with Apu, the documentary first came out a couple years ago, and this became a part, uh, national debate, the um, Apu being played by a quote, non-Indian or whatever, um, which was perfectly fine up until now. Someone has a problem with it. It's, it's, it's a cartoon, guys. It, it's a cartoon. Um, you, you, pe- pe- I mean, so does that mean now in cartoons only blue-skinned humans can voice blue-skinned characters? Because we're going to have issues That's then. right. That's right. Only a blue man group can voice blue-skinned okay. characters in TV shows. That's going to be a problem because it's a cartoon. Well, then you go, find, you go find yourself some blue people. And it's not real. You go find yourself some blue people. Uh, it's not real. Hank Azaria originally was like, I don't know what the big problem is, but now he's been browbeaten to wanting to apologize and saying that he understands and et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, I mean, he did make fun of an entire culture for he says, years. 
He spent a year or so, quote, doing the work. He read, spoke to people who knew a lot about racism, spoke to a lot of Indian people, and went to seminars. Realized I had a date with Destiny with this thing for 31 years, and, quote, what I see here, Drew was a man who indoctrinated himself with liberal leftist propaganda to not see his rightful place in the pecking order as the white man that he is. Or did he maybe make a mistake and learned from said mistake and grew as a human being? No! Also! (laughs) (laughs) That's not not allowed. Not allowed to change. Because, you know, that's... You're not allowed to change as a person. That's that's allowed. No. You're you're allowed to fuck up and apologize as as long as you grow and learn from your mistake. If you get new information that changes the way you see the word, you must reject that new information and hold (laughs) on to your beliefs. It's like, also, I would like to point out Hank Azaria is not a white man. No. He is Ashkenazi Jewish of Greek descent. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. But he has internalized himself as a white man and calls himself a yeah. white man. He says, I'm a white boy from Queens. You are not a white boy from Queens. You do not deserve to be calling yourself a white man, Hank Azaria. You Greek. What? You Greek white. <laughs> That's a meta. You a fiery Mediterranean. That's what you are. Should be voicing Greek characters. On the show, actually, maybe he has. I don't know. Um, speaking of social justice, liberal elite warrior, hypocrite liars, Chrissy Teigen. Okay, I. Okay, right. I'm only vaguely familiar with who she is. She, very popular on Twitter. Okay. Quit Twitter. Okay. After quote harassment end quote. Oh. Okay. Oh, poor thing. Uh, but she has rejoined Twitter. With this tweet. Okay. Turns out it feels terrible to silence yourself and also no longer enjoy belly chuckles randomly throughout the day and also lose like 2,000 friends at once. LOL. That's right. They coming back for more, these liberals. They want more of the abuse. Okay. And they think it's on Twitter to police the violent threats against them. How dare they? Okay. Meanwhile... Cogman. Speaking of those liberals, mm. Sasha Baron Cohen mm-hmm. ruining Rudy Giuliani's good reputation. <laughs> I mean, Rudy Giuliani had a good reputation at a certain point in history, but as of today, pretty sure he lost that a while ago. That devil, Sasha Baron Cohen, ruined <laughs> Erwin Giuliani, stole the election from Donald Trump. Okay. As part of the, the voter fraud. Okay. Aforementioned voter fraud. Yeah. Uh-huh. Did that partly from the... With, with Dominion voting systems, with, right? With Dominion, working with Dominion voting yeah, yeah. systems. Actually, no, I ain't going to joke about Dominion. They out there suing people Fuck it, for dude, like they're a suing, billion dollars each. The, the, the lawyer that Trump... That they, they was on lawyer, television yeah. saying all the, spouting the bullshit who then said <laughs> if anybody believed that yeah. then they're stupid yeah. what? what no <laughs> they sued her they sued Mike Lindell they sued Fox no I ain't fucking with Dominion even in I hope they win even in just they better win um Borat subsequent movie film mm-hmm. liberal propaganda there is additional footage coming out. Even more liberal propaganda going to be coming out. And we must... I don't believe in cancel culture, Drew Chicago, but we must boycott this. We yeah. must cancel it. Uh-huh. Because it's not your point of view. It does not reflect my point of view. Borat's supplemental reportings retrieved from floor of stable containing editing machine. I l- g- greatest... 
the greatest title of all time. It will be a multi-part uh, special featuring new unreleased footage from the sequel. I'm so, going to have to watch that. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, powering down. Outrage machine. <laughs> that's tiring, man. I can't do that all day. You can me for the next like 40 <laughs> minutes. I don't know. That's, that's the skill. Rush Limbaugh doing that for four hours, five hours a day, five days a week. No wonder he died of cancer. How do you, how do, you do that without your you, insides turning rotten? <laughs> yeah. Tucker Carlson, you cut him open. He's probably just like a disgusting black goo alien operating levers and shit. Oh, like, definitely. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, gross people. Um, this section of the news is called Busy Business. Okay. Here's the business section. Um, this is a sad story from Los Angeles in which a, a movie chain out there, the Arclight and Pacific Theaters, they've announced that they have shut down just as now markets are reopening out in L.A. Mm-hmm. and theaters are reopening. This uh, revered chain out there uh, said we, we cannot reopen. Now, what's really going on is that they have a decent amount of locations, a few dozen, I believe, at least, maybe more. But most of them, they are renting oh, those okay. spots, right? Gotcha. A handful of them, they own yeah. the spots. So they're probably going to end up reopening this few handful that they actually open, uh, which I don't know if that includes the Cinerama Dome, which is... Um, actually, do they have this information here? It is the world's largest concrete geodesic dome. Geodesic? Okay. Geodesic? Yeah. It's all different parts mm-hmm. fused together. Yeah. For people to... At home, it's 58 years old, the Cinerama Dome. It's on Sunset Boulevard. And uh, when people were, like, mourning the shuttering of Cinerama, this one theater is one of the ones where they're like, oh, this is a real bummer. Someone's going to fucking buy that shit and open it up. First off, it's a it's a L.A. historical landmark. So they, so they can't even just raise it or nothing. Yeah. yeah so someone's going to reopen that for sure. So, Guaranteed. So that's not going away. And then there's another um, theater, an arc light. I think it's just called the Arclight Hollywood. It's the number one grossing theater in the country. Yeah, there's no way someone's going to buy yeah, that. It's, <laughs> yeah, it, it's literally the busiest, no. uh, like most, the best theater in, in the country in terms of vo- uh, box office. So that's not going away. No. Um, so they're going to open a, a handful of them. I'm Who sure. knows what's going to happen to the brand. But people are pretty sad. Though. Apparently it was a well-liked, well-liked uh, chain, Arclight and Pacific Theaters. Um, Steve Urkel. It was the name of the character uh-huh. on Family Matters, played by Jaleel White. Uh-huh. Um, popular 90s character. Catchphrases include, did I do that? Uh-huh. Um, do you have any cheese? Mm-hmm. Um, Laura, will, I love you. Will you marry me? No. See you next week. Mm-hmm. Right? Very, very famous catchphrase. Uh, people kept sending him pictures of different weed strains okay. that would be labeled purple Urkel yeah and he, and with pictures of you know bootleg pictures yeah. of uh, Steve Urkel and sure. all that and Jaleel White's like these motherfuckers making all this money on my shit out there they yeah. so in an interview with Forbes Jaleel White has announced that <laughs> he, all right here's the quote at first it was flattering but then it became frustrating seeing hearing about purple Urkel in the cannabis marketplace the thing that always stood out to me was there was no clear brand leader for fire purple weed it made no sense to me. No company of significance had claimed this lane, so why not me? Yeah. That's right. Jaleel White 
staking his claim purple in the purple weed lane specifically. Good job. He wants to he wants to dominate that space. Yeah. He 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 wants purple Urkel to be the the purple weed. The purple weed. It's been years, really. He says more than five at least. Friends and family always thought it was funny to send me bootleg pics of myself featured on cannabis products and dispensaries across the country. <sighs> I can't wait. Give me some purple Urkel. Some legit Jaleel yeah. White. Like Jaleel White licked this bud. <laughs> gross. <laughs> um, the guys who wrote the original Predator screenplay back in the 80s, 1986, they have sued Disney to reclaim those rights under copyright law. Okay. They've claimed that they've sent Disney notices now for five years. Well, I guess however long as they've owned Fox, they've been sending notices to all the right people saying, we intend to exercise our option um, in the year 2021. And now that 2021 is here, uh, very late in the game, they got a reply from Disney saying, we don't think so. So now they're in court and they're saying, we've given plenty of issue, uh, plenty of, we have issued plenty of notices under copyright law. Um, since we put in our claim, this needs to revert back to us, the original author. So now they're fighting in court. We're going to see just these guys are going up against Disney and it's going to come down to, you know, who gets the, who gets the copyright claim. Well, I mean, seeing that Disney has literally written all of copyright law themselves. Isn't that, is that crazy? Um, I don't think they're going to lose. They have so many lobbyists and so much money already in the whole copyright thing to extend all their shit for so much longer. Uh, man, rooting for these guys to get Predator away from Disney, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, but yeah, no. You, I mean, when it comes... To, I mean, you can fight Disney on some things and maybe you have a chance, but yeah. not when it comes to copyright. Can't, that is... You can't fight City Hall, guys. You can't... You, I mean, they, They've literally written the law book. It's wild. It's if wild. you don't know that, you should do some inter- internet research and figure it out. It's a fucking crazy story. It is, a cra- it is crazy. Um, yeah. yeah. Just think, and then uh, the weirdest wrinkle, I think, from all that is how they made so much headspace in the business world by using public domain material but then copywriting their versions of that public domain shit. And, uh, and then culturally, it like supplants the original versions. And then when people try to do stuff, like Disney was like, no, no, no. We now have the rights to like Goldilocks. So I'm like, what are you, th- this is hundreds of years old. <laughs> Not the one you're doing with, that, with the pink hair and this and that or whatever. Um, notorious Jorts owner, Kevin Smith. Okay. Is getting into the NFT game. Okay. We're talking. I, th- I thought that already fizzled. What? Are you kidding me? It's like, can't already fizzle. It's the future. NFTs, Dogecoin, etc. Well, et I, I thought the NFTs, like the, the average NFT, NFT over the past week has dropped like 45%. Well, no one told Kevin Smith that. Well, yeah. well how old was this article? Five days ago? Well, maybe, maybe not. It's changed <laughs> Kevin Smith making a horror movie called Kilroy Was Here. That's an anthology series. Uh, antho- not an anthology series, excuse me, just an anthology movie. And he wants to sell it as an NFT, meaning he's going to make the movie. And then essentially he'll just, yeah. you have it as a file. Yeah, NFT. Well, no, so, you, ha- you, you don't have it as a well, file. Well, no, <laughs> somebody, no. somebody has it and is hosting it and you have a window to said file. That's, and- well, that's the thing. You become the owner of that file, though, so then you can... 
It's up to you. You can distribute it if you want. You can then set up your own. Uh, you can sell it to the market. You can put it out there. You can just watch it on your own. You can just access it, you know, how to host it and watch it. Or you can take that data and then you can distribute it. You, you can do whatever you want with it. It's your fucking, it's your movie at that point. Well, no, but, it's, your, it's not your movie. You, it's your, you have a window to the movie. You don't actually own the movie. There is no file. He, yeah, but he's selling, but what I'm saying, his version is he's selling. That, 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 that's a thing. You want to argue about something that's like. It's not it's real. Not a thing. <laughs> it's not real. So how do you want to argue what the definition of it is? You know, it's, um, where's his quote? Let's see what, what he thinks NFTs are. <laughs> Again, he's wearing jorts as yeah. he says this. <laughs> jorts and an oversized hockey shirt because he got all these custom-made hockey shirts when he was fat and then lost all that weight. So now, so now he has to walk around in these big shirts because, what, is he going to get new ones? No. He as doesn't have that kind of money anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Let's get to the good stuff. In 90, oh, Sound Kilroy. Whoever buys it could choose to monetize it traditionally or simply own a film that nobody ever sees but them. We're not trying to raise financing by selling NFTs for a movie. The completed movie is the NFT. And if this works, we suddenly have a new stage in which I and other better artists can like tell stories. Blah, blah, blah. Interesting. Um, back in 2011 at Sundance, he set up a screening for his movie Red State, which was his first horror movie at the time, and he set up as an auction that, like, hey, huh. uh, well, we're going to watch this movie now. If you're interested in buying it, we'll watch it, and then right afterwards, I will auction it in the room. Sounds like a fun idea. But then at the when the movie's over, he stands up front. He spent 15 minutes or so reportedly berating the Hollywood industry and all the people who like buy and sell movies and how like he because he was in a real down part of his yeah. career there and it's just, just being mad and bitter at everyone and that he announced that he was going to auction his movie to himself for $20. Fuck all y'all for sitting here and, and wasting your time. Uh, I'm going to distribute my movie myself. Everyone was just like, fuck you, dude. That is shitty. That's So he basically just got them all there to watch his movie and then not sell it to them? Yep. Yep. Wasted their time at a, at a film festival. That's weird. Yeah, they could have been watching other movies to buy. No. But they they were like, no, we'll, we'll come see your movie like in good faith. No. And he acted in bad faith. Piece of shit. Also, he wears jorts. Yeah. Just wanted to put that out there. Um, I mean, if you see me in jorts in the street, just feel free to find the biggest... Object you can swing and bludgeon me to death. Okay, in the street, we'll do. You know anyone? Well, Drew, I want you to make sure to jorts first before you take that invitation. Don't 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 see me from across the street and be like, are those? Yes, they are. I better I better use <laughs> you know a, what they are. I better no. use a slingshot. <laughs> they are that I purchased. I'm just assuming they are. Um, Fast Nine is coming out May 25th in China. Okay. A full five weeks before it comes out in the United States. And then we just can make a bunch of money over Let's there. Let's make a ton of money over there. Their market is much more open over there. And they love that shit. And they're giving... They do love that shit, yes. And it gives um, U.S. markets another month to get vaccinated and, and get more people in there. Um, they're definitely trying to get as close to a billion dollars as possible with this. So I'll be interested in seeing how far it gets. Uh, Justin Lin, talking about coming back to do these movies, that... Um, it was pitched to Universal when he came back to do nine. He was like, I want to do a trilogy. I want to do this is the first chapter and like the final trilogy of this story. And he said to Universal's credit, they're like, okay, like, no, what's your plan? What no. do you want to do? How's this going to pull? They're just like, 
you got it. Okay, three movies and then it's over? Cool. Well, this is over. <laughs> and then whatever spinoffs or shit they're going to do. Like, I don't think we're going to see the end of the Fast and Furious franchise oh, yeah, for no. a very I mean, long time. I mean, time. Vin Diesel just got a brother. <laughs> Eight Jesus. movies later. Jesus. <laughs> He's got a brother. Everyone's like, what? And then we're just like, yeah, I guess. Fuck Whatever. It. It's John Cena. We're going to have to <laughs> be an extra growly. Yeah. Um, and he talked about how it's now going to be tricky for this final trilogy to write these stories in a way to recognize and, quote, honor the idea that the Brian Connor character, played by Paul Walker, is still alive out there. The whole idea is that he, like, he had to stop being in the game nah. out of respect for or to keep his family safe. But now Jordana Brewster's in this movie. I was about to say, it looks like she's flying a helicopter. <laughs> so... so, <laughs> so he has to stay home with the baby. They've really bonded. She's. Uh, I mean, I guess it's very, it's very feminist. It's even more feminist. It's like anti-man. Maybe this should have been an SJW story. <laughs> anti-manism is on the rise in America. Is that what it is? Anti-manism? I don't no, know. No, that's when people don't like Michael Mann movies. Did you hear about the assholes trying to bring in the Anglo-Saxon caucus to Congress? Yeah, that's the uh, Marjorie Green, whatever, and uh, these assholes who they've been talked out of it by their own party because it's on the face absurd <laughs> to the point where even GOP people were like you can't you can't, you can't you can't say the quiet part out loud <laughs> you're supposed to bury it in legislation call it law and yeah. order you're uh-huh. supposed to call it voter families su- first it, it, it's not voter suppression it's uh, it, something else it, it, it's, yeah we're uh, protecting ide- we're protecting <laughs> the integrity of the process yeah. you can't just be like Anglo-Saxon ideas <laughs> we're white we're white we white we want to represent white values Fuck you. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Um, next section is called New Movies. Very smartly titled. Um, Netflix has announced that they are making a live-action Gundam movie. Ooh. Making it the world's first ever live-action Gundam movie. Beating yeah. Japan to the punch. Well, I mean, Japan, but Japan made a real Gundam. Yeah, actually, so that kind of... <laughs> usurps actual... Yeah, they, Technically, it, it's more of a Robot Jacks. I think the way it, it's like... Quiet. We're so slow. Quiet, 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 quiet. Um, Some, they did it, Chris. Someone they did it. fucking yeah. did it. That's fucking cool. <laughs> uh, Jordan Vote roberts director of uh, Kong Skull Island, has been tapped to direct Gundam. So think about that one. Should be fun. Should be good. He was also supposed to be making... He was working with Hideo Kojima on making the Metal Gear Solid movie. So I don't know what stage that's at or whatever. Yeah. So that, that's where he's going these days. Gundam movie, Metal Gear movie. Speaking of Metal Gear, uh, Oscar Isaac was a big fan choice out there for for casting Solid Snake. And there's a video of him doing some training uh, for Moon Knight. And it's just like, you know, in in the gym with doing fight choreography, looking pretty good. Very gray. Yeah. Very little gray haired, little gray haired man running around with a knife looking pretty good. I was into it. But then they, they... the music that they put was Rage Against Machines, uh, Killing in the Name. And I'm like, that doesn't fit, guys. <laughs> Especially in the current climate. You don't know You don't know what this song's about. It's not about your mom catching you jerking off. Trust nope. me. <laughs> I mean, you might think it is. You might think it is white people, but it's not. Um, Todd Field is a fascinating director. Actor-turned-writer-director who only made two movies, both of them with, with acclaim. Um, his first one... Uh, I don't know. Have you seen In the Bedroom? I don't think so. That's the um, Jennifer Aniston. I think Jake Gyllenhaal is like the neighbor. And they fuck. And then his next movie, I know you've seen. 
was 2006 Little Children. <sighs> Fuck you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you so hard. It's a good movie, though. It is a good movie. Good I was movie. not in the right frame of mind to be watching said movie. So, asshole. If you happen to have like a bead on some mushrooms, he's got a new movie coming out. I mean, I do. So it's all right. So let's watch this new movie called Tar. All right, we'll do it together. I want to fuck you up this time. I'll, I'll be ready for it. It's a movie. It's, it's, it's the thing I want to do is watch movies. Um, he's writing and directing. It's his first movie since two thousand six, and uh, Kate Blanchett will star in it. So that's all the information we have. I mean, Rorschach just wants to be a good boy. Uh, this article points out that Todd Field, when he was a kid, um. He helped invent Big League Chew Bubblegum while he was a bat boy working in Kurt Russell's dad's minor league baseball team. The fuck? So just go ahead and take that sentence and, <laughs> and, and break it down in any order you choose. But, that, that makes little to no sense, but okay. But that's a thing. That sentence is a thing, and it's accurate, I believe. <laughs> um, Zhang Yimou, his last movie was um, Shadow, which we saw a yeah, couple of film good. festivals ago. Right, It's a cool movie, fun Kung Fu film. He does mostly wushu films, yeah. right? Um, House of Flying Daggers. With lots of crazy colors or black and white. Yes, exactly. Uh, very um, color conscious, is yeah. his design. Hero, probably his best example of all yeah. that, right? Oh, man. The so, Rashomon style, uh, different colors, Hero's storytelling. Such a crazy fucking movie. Uh, are you ready for his first ever spy film? Maybe. Maybe. Set in 1930s China, Cliff Walkers is a snowy spy thriller set in the puppet state of Manchukuo. It follows four Communist Party special agents on a secret mission. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, one thing I can tell you is that if this movie's coming out, it is Chinese government approved. Well, so yeah. He made a movie that the government stopped from coming out. I'm sure he did. Uh, it's called One Second. And uh, it got pulled last minute from the 2019 Cannes Film Festival uh, from, quote, technical issues. But it was because the Chinese government was like, it's a movie about the um, the Cultural Revolution. Ah, uh, yeah. So they're like, no, no, no. No, no I can't do it. No, Sorry, guys. No, 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 no. Sorry, Chinese Steven Spielberg. Yeah. No, 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 no. This ain't happening. You can make the spy movie, though. I mean, you you can you that can make, honors our ancestors. Yeah, I mean, you can make you, you can make the movies we let you make, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. still communism, so no. Is that crazy? That's crazy. Um, speaking of Ben Wheatley, earlier because he directed mm-hmm. In the Earth, his next movie is The Meg Two, right? <sighs> Which is like why? Yeah, well, I mean, I. Yeah. Well, first off, it's so we can work with Jay- Jason Statham. So I'm gonna fight another shark. This one, I'm gonna stab in the other eye, <laughs> and it's gonna be awesome. And you're gonna love it because I'm Jason Statham. Um, ben Wheatley, fellow Britishman. Maybe they'll maybe they'll bond over tea and Doctor Who. Um, he's talking about how he wants to respect the Meg and wants to make sure he wants to make a great Meg film, which is funny because that movie is so dumb and bad. Um. He go. What's this thing here? He says, uh, the, what he's looking forward to doing is making something on an insanely large scale. Action on a huge scale is what really um, appealed to him. Okay. Uh, I mean, this thing. then make sure you have Jason Statham spin kick this next fucking shark with yeah. bicycle cleats. Put some cleats, <laughs> put some bicycle pedals on my feet. I'm a champagne problem. I'm going to kick the shark in his fucking face. Yeah. Um, 
it's an opportunity to do action on a scale on such an insanely large scale that it's just unbelievable, Wheatley said. From doing Free Fire, which was, I thought, was all my Christmases came at once in terms of action. This is just unbelievable. And just doing the storyboards for it, just thinking and going, oh, it just feels, I feel a heavy responsibility for it to make sure that it kind of delivers on all the big, uh, to all the big shark fans out there. Um, stumbles his. So, yeah. Maybe we can get uh, the Meg versus Godzilla versus. Goddamn, why not? <laughs> and then uh, goddamn uh, Jaegers show up yeah, to fight yeah, a bunch yeah. of kaijus with them. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the giant crocodile from like Placid comes out. Hell yeah! But it's like his his uh, great great grandson, steroid yeah, yeah. grandson, it's the Fukushima Blake Placid, <laughs> uh, radiated. Um, and the Jones Fives going forward with uh, Logan. You mentioned Logan, Logan director. James Mangold making it. And does, it does that mean Indiana Jones is going to die? He needs to die at some point. He needs to die. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, we mentioned, I think, last week was added to the cast. This week, they added Mads Mikkelsen. What the fuck kind of movie are they making? I know. It's going to be... It's interesting. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Indiana Jones 5, It as long as it's not boring, I'm in. Just no. don't bore me. Like, Crystal Skull... It was boring. The action wasn't even that good. It was weird because it was like... It was so like a, sound stagey. It, it was like a future movie made in the past. It was yeah. like a 50s future movie. Yes. It was so weird. As, as opposed to just being in its science. Yeah. When they just go out there in the desert and they put on costumes, it could be any time period. But when they're making a green screen movie and they're like, this is the 50s, we're like, no, man. No, it's not. You're in a digital jungle. Yes. <laughs> Are those monkeys? Is that a monkey? Um, let's talk about the streaming wars. <laughs> Uh, streaming wars that's the intro mm. um there was a star wars tv show mm-hmm. that has been put on the shelf okay because it, it was made let me see what's the history of this thing um the show is called star wars detours okay cg animated show produced by lucasfilm animation um there are 52 episodes of it already completed as well as uh, and specials. So there's 52 episodes plus specials of the show. In 2012, Star Wars Detours was created by George Lucas in collaboration with Robot Chicken creators Seth Green and Matthew Ian, whatever, Science Senric. That makes sense on why Robot Chicken did all that Star Wars shit. Yes, it's like official crossover Robot Chicken Star Wars stuff. Um... It was supposed to be, or it is, a take on the events between the prequels and the original trilogy. Uh, voice talent includes Joe McHale, Seth MacFarlane, Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> um, also, Anthony Daniels, Blade D. Williams. So they get some actual people to yeah. show up. Um, two seasons of the show exist, but when Disney bought Lucasfilm in 2012, they put the show on the back burner. Mm-hmm. I mean, just put it on D plus and let us all freak out. Which is what's happening. <laughs> Which is what supposedly rumor has it will be happening around uh, May fourth. Cool. So we'll see. Look for a Star Wars detours coming soon. Um. Oh yeah, this seems interesting. So there's a Showtime is doing a series called Cinema Toast, and it is being produced by I think it's the Duplass brothers. Yep. Yeah. The Duplasses, along with this guy, Jeff Baina, 
are doing a show where they will take old movies that are in the public domain and will recontextualize them into new stories through editing and voice dubbing. Fun. Uh, this will be debuting on 420, bro. Of course. All 10 episodes dropping on Showtime. Interesting. Yeah, on their, on their uh, streaming services. So, we'll see. We have an actual official quote here. When the pandemic first hit and all paths to traditional production seemed unlikely, I wrecked my brain to find a way to still create. That's when the idea hit me to redub and reshape old material into something transcendent that extends beyond just a comedic curio. So, I guess... Expect a little more than just um, a comedic redubbing. Mystery Science no. Theater 3000. Yeah. Um, this is interesting. Paramount Plus. They're doing this thing where they're taking a whole bunch of movies and they're turning them into shows. Uh, this is an interesting choice that I actually like quite a bit. Um, did you ever see Arlington Road? I don't think so. This is from 1999. It's a conspiracy paranoia thriller. Okay. Um, Jeff Bridges has new neighbors played by Tim Robbins and who who played the wife I remember seeing this in theaters actually with my family um, there uh, he's a professor who's a professor Jeff Bridges is a professor someone's a professor and he's like who are these neighbors uh, there's something weird about these people and then he like sneaks into their house one day and finds like schematics for like bombs and shit so he suspects that they're domestic terrorists he's like oh these fuckers so he's trying to like get information on them but then they're like figuring out that he's onto them and stuff um, and the reason why the movie stuck in my head because it's one of the early I was still like 17 when I saw it. It was 1999. It's one of the earliest movies I can think of that I saw, like a mainstream movie, where the bad guy is... Win- spoiler alert! 22 years spoiler alert! Bad guy wins. Yeah. Um, Robbins's character, he sets up the whole time to make Jeff Bridges look like the crazy one who did the shit. So then when the FBI shows up, they show up to arrest Jeff Bridges' character. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, and then they present him with all the evidence. He's like, I've been set up! And then the end. Fun. And I was like, oh! Movie's gonna yeah. end with the bad guy winning. That's <clears throat> that's crazy. That's allowed. That's allowable. Uh, so they're doing a TV show based on that, and the original director Mark Pellington is doing the show. Interesting. So we'll see. We'll see how they update and what they do, how they stretch it out. Long form, right? Um, Amazon again. This, these are the streaming wars, wars, wars. Drew, what do wars need? Lots of death and lots of destruction and lots of mayhem. And how do you fund all that stuff with lots of? I don't know. Money. <laughs> okay. Just a cogburn. War needs money. Come on. Um, which includes streaming wars. And Amazon has announced their Lord of the Rings budget. Because they're doing that Lord of the Rings, um, like pre, pre-Sauron, pre-time uh, period. There's a specific name for that time period. Okay. Anyway. Oh my God, that's the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sorry, I I can't control this thing sometimes. Um, according to the Morning Report, season one will co- oh, I'm hearing something. Well, sorry, season one will cost uh, roughly six hundred and fifty million dollars. What in the absolute fuck? Yes, we're talking ten episodes. Uh, that's a ridiculous number. Now, wow. oh, six hundred fifty million is New Zealand dollars, so that okay. translates to still four hundred and fifty million I American mean, dollars, which that's, is absurd. It's absurd, but it's a lot less absurd. Um, six episodes of Game of Thrones, the final season, the most expensive season was ninety million dollars for those six. <sighs> so now think about that. Um, Jesus, 
if at that rate they shot 20 episodes, it would still only cost $300 million, And Amazon yeah. is spending 450 on 10 episodes. Well, I mean, Jeff Bezos does have thousands of millions of dollars to blow. Thousands of millions. It's ridiculous how much money he yeah. has. Well, at least they're blowing it on the entertainment for the masses, on the, on the bread and circus. We need some bread and circus to placate us while the liberal left. Uh, <laughs> uh, how do you mix these two down? I'm confused. Like, I ordered uh, the Gadsden Don't Tread on Me flag. Mm-hmm. But then, at the same time, I also ordered the uh, the Thin Blue Line flag. That doesn't... And, and then, when I hit checkout... That, that's not... It, it was, like... Re- hypocrite. It was, like, rejected. Hypocrite. Like, do you know what these flags mean? <laughs> do you... What is going on in your head? And I was like, override, override. <laughs> uh, these two don't mix. Uh, ooh, final section. Here we go. Let's wrap up this show with the final movie news section. This is the section called Cruise News, Tom Cruise Stories. Almost called it Hot Goss, but all I had was Tom Cruise stuff. So now it's Cruise News. Uh, Kyra Sedgwick, actress Kyra Sedgwick, longtime partner of uh, Kevin Bacon. Mm -hmm. Right? She has a, a story about a little snafu she did at a Tom Cruise house party. Where is the story? This is on the Drew Barrymore show. She tells the story. Um, I was pregnant, very pregnant. We got invited over for dinner because I had worked with Tom on Born of the Fourth of July and Kev, Kevin Bacon, was doing A Few Good Men. So we got invited over for dinner with lots of famous people like Demi Moore and Bruce Willis and Rob Reiner was there. Nicole Kidman was there. It was one of those nights I don't get invited to often. So there was this fireplace mantle and I was looking around and there was this little button underneath the mantle. And I was like, oh, what's that little button? Xenu. <laughs> so I pressed the little button because I thought just maybe something interesting will happen. Um, nothing happened. And then I got a little nervous. I was like, uh, nothing happened. It doesn't seem right. So I tapped Tom on the shoulder, who was in the middle of a story. And I said, I pressed this button down here. And he was like, you pressed that button? And I was like, yeah, I pressed that button. And he goes... That's the panic button. And so the cops came. They had to stop the screening. There were more than five cop cars. I did not get invited back. Yeah, here's a panic button. You got a panic button? Nope. Do you have a panic room? Nope. You need some sort of panic situation. Nope. Why not? I'm not that important. Who needs to be important? Who needs to be important to experience violence? I think you need a direct panic button to the maintenance PD. Okay. Or no, Eatonville, they're closer. Will they work for you? Throw them a couple bucks. I mean, they've arrested me once, so maybe so not. So they know you. They got you on file. <laughs> um, final Tom Cruise story. Jennifer Connelly is in Tom Cruise presents Top Gun colon Maverick. Okay. okay. Um, she says, here's a quote. What I was afraid to tell Tom at the time was that I had just recently decided to think myself out of a really crippling fear of flying that I had suffered from for years. And so originally, when I signed on to do the movie, there was no flying for my character. My character was on land. She was on the water. She was never in the air. There was a scene at one point where it's taxiing on a runway. So Tom and I are shooting that scene and the plane, the P-51, is tiny. The top of the cockpit is right here, and my knees are up against his back. This is on the Graham Norton show. She continues, and he's like, Jen, 
have you ever been in a plane like this before? And I was like, no, I haven't, Tom. It's amazing. And he's like, have you ever done any aerobatic flying before? I started to get nervous. No, why? Will I be doing some? And he says, it's going to be very graceful, very elegant, very elegant rolls. It's going to be nice and easy. And that's how I found out I was going to be up in the P-51 with Tom flying it. Yeah. So when you see the movie and you see him flying the small planes... He's flying... Yeah, he flies, that, every, he flies it all. Him. That's him flying the small planes. When they're flying the jets, there's someone in front of them and they're, they're just in the plane along all the actors. Um, would you would you get in a small plane with Tom Cruise let no. him do some aerobatic flying? No. Not even for the story? Because then you could go on the Grand Norton show and tell people the story. No. You could go on um, James Corden's show no. and tell people the story. You could go on no. um, WTF with Mark Marin. No. I'm trying to think of a smaller show that would accept you. No. You could go on Tom and Dan. No. And tell them the story. Mm-mm. They would love that story. They nope. make fun of you the whole time. No? No, thank you. You could tell the story on our show. Nope. Not even, not even for our show? No. You, uh-uh. So, so I should tell Tom Cruise to go home? He's yes. outside right now in his yeah. plane, in his P-51, uh-huh. ready to take you up. Tell him to fuck off. He, he, he said, I can't go up because I don't hit... I, I, the weight limit. They throw it all off. Yeah, you, you can come to fuck off. That's why. So you can you can do it though. Because no, you're, you're slim. You're not gonna do it. We'll we'll, we'll slather you up with the. Uh, I don't even want to be in the same room as Tom Cruise. Why not? He could tell us stories about uh, Zenu. Believes <laughs> in Zenu, Chris. And he can tell us stories Crazy about him. Asshole. What's wrong with that? I want nothing to do with it. We can invite him to uh, watch football, and he'll come with a football. And then he'll just stare at the football the whole time. He's like, what? I thought we were watching football. Yeah, no, he's just, uh, apparently, that's a, like, the that's a sort of thing he does. That's weird. He has no social... But he has a panic button. Yeah, he does. And I think we should get a panic button. And as, many, as long as you pay for it. Well, why do why things have to be costing money? Because it's America? Don't make any sense. This is America. Um, Jusik Ogburn. Chris Crespo. Show is over. Okay. So thank you. You're welcome. And you're welcome, listeners. We'll be back next week with episode 433. Yippee. A PFT Media Production.